0: The Forum at 8 on SAFM.
1: It's seven minutes after eight here on AM Live. Thank you so much for tuning in if you have just joined us. And as we have now become accustomed to uh, Friday mornings, we go lighter. And this morning, I'm particularly, you know, excited about the person we have in studio with us. Because if this doesn't inspire you, to be better and not to give up, then I think it's going to be a very hard sell to get anything that will propel you to that. On the Forum today, this morning, we're in conversation with Mariki Bothma. Now you may be asking yourself, who is Mariki Bothma? And we'll get to that. But uh, needless to say, she's a multilingual South African woman who used her linguistic talents to overcome obstacles in life. And, um, I, I don't even want to go into the introduction. I actually just want to play something because I think when we do, this will tell you exactly who the person is we have in studio this morning.
2: Mm. <laughs> Lazelabama Nandi, Lamiaz Lenz, who's in Funukum is a Danga Melanguese Kulum. I know, Zai Kulum, nothing one October, so to go Valerie Sagan. Again, let generations age. drama queen, in the Bazai
1: Sure, many of you, if you watch SABC One at all, you will know that particular club. I know, you know, it caused quite a stir amongst mm-hmm. my friends in particular. Now, you might know her as the white lady in the King Pie ad, the Nandilicious advert, who surprises customers by speaking fluent isiZulu. Mariki, thank you so much for coming through this morning.
2: Wow, it's such a great honor to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Now, I must
1: just say, when I first saw that King Pie ad, I was baffled because I was thinking, oh, okay, is that an albino? <laughs> or, you know, uh, is, is someone
2: doing a voiceover mm, as this dubbed? Mm. Is that a reaction that you get very often? You know, I do, actually. I actually get it every single day. I actually get it every single day because even till today, although people have met me in person, they're still like, are you really white? And I'm like, can't you see my hair is white? I'm blonde, by the way. I've got blue Blue eyes, eyes, you know. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm definitely white. So, yes, I come across that every single day. Which is very
1: interesting. But, you know, you have a very, very sad, inspirational Mm. story Of how you got to where Mm. you are today, where we are watching you on our TV screens every other day, hearing your voice Mm. every other day. And you were actually born in Porch.
2: Yeah, um, I was born in Poch in the early 80s, which was about eight years, of course. And um, I think what many um, South Africans don't know is that uh, the adoption rate for white people, even in those years, was very high. And I was actually adopted at 10 months, and I was adopted by family in Pretoria then, uh, who are the main reason why I learned Isizulu Nesutu. And and, and interesting, do you know your biological parents at all? You know, uh, I don't. I wish I did, because um, after I made the choice of learning Zulu as a main language at school, uh, I learned Amasigo Akona. So for me, it's very important to know who you are, where you're from, and where you fit in life. So till today, I still have the desire and the wish to meet them one day. But um, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I wouldn't be where I am if I wasn't adopted by the Van der Wat family. We must remember that, though.
1: The Van der Waard family. Now, talk to us about your early years growing mm. up.
2: Well, just to put it short and sweet, um, Mariki was adopted at 10 months by uh, Lieutenant Colonel in the Army in those years here in Pretoria, um, Peter van der Walt and uh, Magdalena Hester van der Walt. They adopted me and my half-sister uh, when we were still babies, basically. My sister was two, I was 10 months old. And at the age of two, we actually moved down to KwaZulu Natal, uh, to a mission called Guasizabantu Mission, where it's kind of like a sector, if I can put it that way. Um, so on the premises, you had your school, you had your farm work, you had everything. So many people think, okay, mission station, you know, it's it's a very very happy life, you know, but what people don't realize is what goes on behind closed doors and. Um, well, it came to a point where in Standard 5, I actually had to leave school and um, work. At My first job at 13 was actually working with Jeffrey Zikali on a kids' program on Radio Kwezi, which, was, uh, which is a community radio station uh, on the premises of the mission, and um, doing Zulu kids' programs, you know, and of course working and cooking and doing all that on the premises. But
1: why did you have
2: to leave school to do that? You know, um, this is, the school there is a boarding school uh, with very tight rules. And we grew up with no television. We grew up with only the radio station on the premises. No other radio station was being listened to. We grew up with knowing that women do not wear makeup, they do not wear pants, they do not wear skirts that are sh- above the knee or long skirts or with slits or you don't wear sleeveless, you don't show cleavage, you are not allowed to... Uh, your hair must be a certain length or it must be tied. That's how we grew up. So at that premises, if you just look at a boy, you get chased away from school. And it it got to that point. I was a terribly tr- troublesome child at school because there were many things happening in the home mm. that many people didn't know about. And when I would come out with them, I would be I would be told, because now your father's a pastor and all that but i think it came to a point where they realized that i'm not going to stop talking about what's happening in the in in the how can in this community because you got the social the um ministers which fell under one category and their families and they knew more intense details of of what was going on Um, On the premises. So you'd get the school kids coming into boarding school. You'd get the visitors coming in every day. Those people saw this place as a wonderful place, not knowing what's happening really behind closed doors. So as I say, um, they eventually told me to leave school because I was not following the rules and the regulations of that place. And um, it got so bad that at a point, look, my dad left us then. He just left us one day. He did not divorce my mother, my adoptive parents, my father in 94 just walked away. And uh, it came to a point where my mom had to make a decision because financially now she could not afford all her kids in school. Mm. And, um, yeah, I think um, the main reason for my mom as well was knowing that, you know, what, I really can't afford because now he's just left. What else can she do? She's working full time on the premises with a salary of five hundred rand a month. If she was lucky enough to get that, so. But you know, till today, I do not blame her for it, and I'm actually happy because it learned me, it taught me a lot of things. But at the age of uh, round about, let me use date or the round about ninety nine two thousand, they actually sh- chased me totally away from the premises. And send me to one of their farms. They have like 30 different um, mission stations around the world. And they send me to one in Northwest where I had to work as punishment for not following their rules. And I had to work in Masimini. You know, I had Mm. to work in the fields. And people... will not believe me, but that's the life I had to live. I had to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning, go and work in the fields of uh, Lichtenberg. Um, I had to cook pup for the dogs. That is the way they brought me up. And when they saw that I was still hard-headed, I still didn't want to follow their rules, they sent me to another premises of theirs in Smithfield where... A day during the day I had to work at the A C E school and at night I had to work in the bakery and it got to a point where I just couldn't do this no more and then I decided to take my own life. And I drank a couple of tablets and well, short and sweet, I landed up in the hospital and that's where they told me, you know what, you've made your choice. You do not want to follow our rules, our regulations, so it's better you find your own way. And yeah, how, how old were you at this point? uh It was actually on my twenty-first. Wow! On my twenty-first birthday, if I'm not mistaken. That is so sad. Uh, that I was actually told, you know what? Find your own way in life. And yeah, then I was basically homeless. <laughs> and 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 also just you know,
1: at this point, mm. obviously you've been working in the fields. It's been a really tough life. Mm. What kept you going during that time?
2: You know, one thing I must say is I learned so much from my mother because uh, my mother was my father was a very abusive person, you know, coming out of the army. Plus, plus he's a pastor and all that. There are a lot of things that happened. And my mom was strong. My mom never allowed those things to get her down and i think i got courage from her but that there are good things i took away from the premises i mean the language skills i sing in 13 languages and uh, all that those mm. are the things i think that um that i learned that kept me going because that place taught me to forgive and forget you do not forget but you can forgive and actually i did not want to survive it to be honest with you i was done If it wasn't for uh, uh, Connie from Orange Farm, who they had also promised work there. When she got there, they were like, you're not going to get a salary. That took me and said, you know what, I'm going to take you. You're going to come with me to Orange Farm and stay with me and my mom in a tea room. I I don't know where I would be. I'd probably be dead. Mm -hmm. But um, I think the uh, the biggest thing for me is... I am a very spiritual but positive person in life. And I taught myself after trying to commit suicide and not working that, you know what, I actually do have a reason for living because it didn't work. I mean, if you've tried it once, twice or three times and it doesn't work, it means you do have a purpose in life. It's just about finding that purpose. And I I decided on my own, I'm going to make sure I find my purpose in life, no matter how long it takes.
1: Mm. Now you know, uh, many people, myself included, are absolutely fascinated uh, by mm. your isiZulu proficiency. How do, how did the learning come about? When did you mm. start learning? How did you learn? Because I think more than just being proficient in the language, mm. it is your accent that I'm absolutely <laughs> in awe of.
2: You know, um, uh, that's one part that I thank God for uh, my. My parents, my father in the apartheid years when I got adopted, uh, before we moved down to Guazil-Natal, he had um, an underground church in Pretoria for black people, which was totally wrong because he was one of the uh, uh, colonels in the army Mm -hmm. and, you know, being white and all. And he had... Um, got us a nanny, Tandiwe, uh, from Guadalupe Natal, who was taking care of us. And he had told her, given her the instruction, I want them to learn to sing in these languages, that when I preach, I can convey the message in people's language so that it it can touch their hearts and make them understand. So at the age of two, uh, me and my two sisters and my brother, the three oldest kids in the family were already out of the house, but the four youngest of us, every Sunday we used to sing in the church. And then it started that we actually, when he was preaching in Afrikaans, we were interpreting for him in English at the age of three, four years old. That's what we were doing. So that's where the passion for languages came from. And um, as I say, if you put your heart into something and you're all into something, you can achieve greater heights. And my achievement was, I'm not going to do something halfway. So if I want to learn isiZulu. Zulu, and concentrate on isiZulu. Zulu. I want to take the culture of it with me. I want to take the accent of it with me. I want to take the respect of it with me. Make uh, kaSisutu as well, although I'm not that fluent in SUTU yet as much as I would love to be, but it's always about bring the culture of the language with the language because only then can people accept you and accept their language because what inspires me now is the fact that I inspire other Zulus to actually learn their home languages. Which they never, which now English is the main language. So, you know, it's the past. Mm. But now, I'm, uh, through, through being who I am, I'm able to encourage other people to learn their home birth languages. Mm. And, you know, also just
1: on that particular score, do you find that it makes your life a lot easier being able to speak multiple mm. languages in South African society today?
2: Definitely, definitely. I mean, we live in a democratic country. We we are free and we are not anymore. We don't need to be behind bars anymore. We don't need to hide behind... Uh, uh, who and what we are and what we like and what we don't like. We live in a free country, so you have the free right to be free-spirited. So definitely the languages is a plus point, but I think personality also goes with the languages because I know many white people like myself who speak the language. Many, 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 many. I can't tell you how many there are, Mm. but the problem they have is adopting that you know what it's okay to speak zulu it's okay to be out there in these languages they are too ashamed because what are other people my culture going to say if i focus on this language or that language but i believe that in this uh, currently in our, if you look at our government if you look at our society you have to have an African languages in your syllabus. I was actually teaching people, and my oldest student was Umfriki, 88 years old. And he came to me and he said, you know what? Growing up, we used to speak these languages. We grew up on the farms with Zulus, with Sutus. These are the languages we spoke, but mm. we lost it because we were too ashamed to say, do you know what? It's okay to speak their language. But we expect everyone to know English.
1: Mm. And, and and this is true. And uh, the language story, of course, is one that comes up very, very often. Mm. And um, I don't necessarily want to politicize the whole thing as we're mm. talking about mm. your story. So I don't want us to get off track. But it is a very important mm. component of, you know, South African life, South African culture, and it speaks to mm. the, the the power relations that continue mm. uh, in our society today, which are still based along racial lines as well. Mm. But um, I'm not even going to go there. I want to open the lines. I'm speaking to Mariki Bothma this morning, and you welcome to join in the conversation. 0891104208 is the number to dial. You can also Facebook or tweet us at AM Live on S A F M or at Sakina Kamwendo. Alternatively, uh, send us an SMS to 34. 701, and SMSs, of course, cost two rand. Let's go to Stanley in Pretoria. Good morning, Stanley. Hello. I'm so touched by what the lady is saying because
0: she is actually a mirror. She's speaking for many such people who have gone through Mm -hmm. these experiences. Mm -hmm. And in particular, as a white, she is really speaking the philosophy that must transform this country. Mm. And I want to encourage her to write a book. Write a book and express all your feelings so that all the generations to come must learn from you. Because what you have gone through is what has made you strong. And we need many such people who make other people strong. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, uh, Stanley. And Mohammed. you calling us from Durban. Good morning.
3: Good morning, that's correct. Uh, Ma'am, I would like your guest to sort of uh, uh, expand or elaborate more on this issue that actually appeared uh, at the school that she attended uh, many years ago, and it was a a whole scandal that was uh, on double pages on the Sunday paper concerning the the, the principal in in sexual issues with the students. Was that not the reason that she was rebellious? Uh, I think uh, the principal of Mrs. Stegan and you know, the German uh, principal was very hard, and and he, he actually abused young girls that were at school. Uh, could she not shed light to say that that was the reason for her to be rebellious? And 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 and, and uh, uh, the school still operates to today. Is it not possible for the school to be actually investigated? Are the rules still applying the same where people are not given their basic rights of of enjoying the freedom that they really need to?
4: Mm.
1: And 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 of course, uh, I'll get Mariki to answer that question. Thanks, Mohammed. Uh, but of course, uh, well, what we will then obviously have to do is, at some point, you know, put it to mm. the school and give them right of reply on mm. this particular matter because it is obviously hearing one side of the story. But your response to that, Mariki? Uh,
2: thanks, Mohammed, for the question. Um, you know. I do. I I decided personally not to go into details on most of the issues, but uh, what Mohammed is saying is true. Um, personally, from my personal perspective, I am in contact with about ninety nine percent of the people that have left the area or that are still on the premises, and um, definitely I was able to. Well, we are busy investigating more, but um, Mohammed, if I can just put it like this, um, my friend, what you lead, read in the newspapers, uh, true or not? Uh, I think everyone has the right to their opinion on the place. Yes, I will never be able to. Personally, to go back there because of what happened, and I do, I do say yes. What you are, are telling me is basically did happen, and is still happening till today. So I'm just praying that God opens doors that the school can actually um, come to come to terms with what the life, what life is really about, and actually, if they do investigate the place, not to shut it down because of what we as the ex. KSB members say, but to in to um, actually uh, go into it as what is it doing? Is it building people or breaking people down for their futures? That's all I can say.
1: Mm. And as I said, you know, um, we will, of course, if if, if that happens, mm. it, it it is only right that the mm. school has a chance to, to respond, respond to these particular allegations. Mm, so we are very cognizant of that. We will go back. Mm. We will give them an opportunity, but. You know, if if I can just be very personal for a moment, Mm. um, and and, and you may choose to or not to answer Mm. this question, um, were you abused at the school?
2: Uh, Yes. Well, I'm not going to say the school, um, just the school, the premises itself, because it's a Bantu mission. Um, and I'm saying it out there because there has been a lot of media th- stories about mm. the area. I mean, three months ago, there was a story of a little girl, 13, being raped on the premises. Um, it's a sp- so-called spiritual place. So um, I don't want to go into detail, but uh, what I am going to say is, there were. I mean, I'm a white girl. I do not uh, follow the Zulu culture. You mm. know, I follow my culture. But, I mean, if you get a white girl being Xolwad, being <laughs> Once a month, all the girls on the premises get checked by the, by the um, or oh, auntie from the mission. You get checked to see whether you're a virgin or not. I would take that as abuse. Okay.
1: And we're speaking to Mariki Bothma this morning, continuing to take your questions for her. 891 is the number on which you can call into studio. Uh, Pumilani and Soweto, good morning.
5: Morning, Sakina.
1: How are you? I'm very well, thanks. And you? Good, how
2: Yeah, but I am Zain
5: Seswam. You know, When you go to Botswana, you find a lot of white speaking Tswana. It's just a sad part in our country that the whites that we have, they believe that if you speak the African languages, you must be from a poor background. But you being raised by a colonel shows you came from a middle class during those eras, and mm. you learn the language. That's great. Mm-hmm. And just to remind you guys what uh, the late doctor Nelson Mandela said was. Well, when you speak to someone in a language that he does not understand, it goes to his head. But if you speak to someone in a language that he knows, it goes to his heart. Mm-hmm. And in the heart, that's where we build the nation. So my sister, I hope this uh, wind can blow to everyone. We all learn the languages. Little Narendra Africans, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, we need a lot of whites to turn around like who Eddie from Fixback always calls mwana me. You know, that's that's really what we need in this country. Mm. And we have a beautiful country.
1: Thank you, Marikingabasiswam. put. Uh, thank you Pumelani. And uh, just looking at uh, one of the tweets that have come through here from Wolf Mo Will Moeng. World says in a country that always had eleven or more languages why should we still feel grateful uh, grateful, if white people speak an African language?
2: You know, which is true. It's a great question, uh, if I can answer to that. Um, I think it's Mariki, a great... Don't answer the okay. question.
1: We need to go to news. Uh, we'll pick up on that question. We'll continue taking your calls. I just lost track of time completely there. <laughs> it is uh, 29 minutes before 9, and it's time for us to go to news with Zikona Miso. On the Forum at 8 this morning, we in conversation with Mariki Bothma. And I'm just blown away by all the messages coming through. But uh, before the break, you know, we mm. were talking about the question that was put to us by one of our Twitter um, messages from a listener mm. who wanted to know, you know, why should we be in awe mm. of a white person speaking an African language in South Africa in
2: 2014? You know, I think the big thing and um I'm going to be straightforward about this is that unfortunately I speak Afrikaans praat. Ons Afrikaanse mense is harigat. Ons kan harigat wees. And um I think the biggest thing for us is um we find that we will not fit in uh, into our own culture if we adopt another language. Understand? And mm-hmm. I think that is the biggest problem we as uh, white people who can speak the language have had because i had that it's only when i decided you know what actually this is something i can use to create a future thing i don't have high school thing i don't have any any qualifications but i can adopt this and make it my own to create a future um we don't have to make such a big deal about it but i think the fact the matter of the fact is no matter what language what culture you are if you're willing to adapt to someone else's culture and someone else's language, you have the full right. Whether you're in awe or, or not, I think it's amazing if my six year old little girl can speak Sisutu better than me mm. because I can't speak Sisutu the way I want to speak it. But my child is six years old and she's speaking Sutu more fluently than me. So yeah, I am amazed by that. She's an Afrikaans, strong little Afrikaans girl, but she's, hey, mm-hmm. we are su- 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 wa- su- bu- hand. so I think it's And you diff- learning from her. I'm learning from my six-year-old. So I think the big thing here is it's not such a big issue or a big question, Gotta, why are they making such a big fuss of Mariki? It's my personality that makes the fuss. It's not mariking or zulu because there are many of us out there, white people who speak Isizulu or Isuto or Iskasa or even Isfanagalo. But at the end of the day, it's like finding a black person speaking German. And uh, are we going to be in awe of that? Yes, we are. Because you know what? It's rare. So enjoy it while it's there. And my wish is to use it to actually help others. Other white people I've got I'm actually teaching black people to speak their home language. Can you believe it? Mm. So that's what it's
1: about. Please just say the tagline that you use on SABC1 so that people will know who we're speaking to this morning.
2: <laughs> That's
1: who we're speaking to this morning, Mariki Bothma. And uh, just looking at some of the messages before I go back uh, to the lines here, David Mtunzi in Mabatu says, What was the major contributing factor for you that led to you being so fluent in isiZulu and also streetwise?
2: Mm. Uh, thank you for the question uh, If I can put it like that um, I was very lucky to have someone Who was very dedicated to me even before I went into school, her name was Umemtuli and um, She was also a teacher on the premises And even before I started grade R or grade naught, whatever they call it Now, uh, she she Would tell me when And when I Decided to do Zulu First Language They, um in the Zulu First Language uh, in those years, in the Early 90s, you um, learned about the real Zulu deep culture. You know, all those Kukas, Tandas, Usha, I mean, even Ibongos, Gattingane, and all that. So I was lucky can you, can enough. You,
1: can you do that for us? Yeah,
2: Ibongos, Gattingane. Oh my gosh, I can't remember if I can remember all of it, but I know it's something like Ibongos, Gattingane, Uves, nonyanda Domkabate, Lokabate, and Gundabula, Tonsungas, and Tabas, Makele, Uves, Nyang, and Yam, Bombo, Shumnyam. Well, I'm not going to go okay, further with yeah. you. Okay. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> feeling right ashamed right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, um, and then of course, other people who played a big role is on the premises, we white kids had our black favorite parents, what we called our black parents. So when it was weekend, Mina, I used to go to the very well-known Jeffrey Zikali and his wife, Rachel Zikali. Zicali. Um, told today, I call them Babazi and Mamazi. Um, and for me, um, they, they never spoke to me in Afrikaans or English. Yes, they would now and then, especially when they teach me in different languages, singing and Portuguese and French and all these languages. But, uh, yeah, I think the, the biggest thing was the passion of wanting to know more. Mm. And um, we're going to go back to the lines. Eddie in Edenvale.
1: good morning.
0: Hi, uh, Sakina Mariki. You know, I'm really in awe. Firstly, you know, both those ads, they're really marvelous and so professionally done. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: I'm so ashamed myself uh, that that I've never been able to learn an indigenous language. Mm -hmm. And it's so inspiring, you know, Mariki, from, from her background, what she's been able to achieve. She's she's a, a a wonderful example to all of us South Africans. But if I can just say one slightly negative aspect, I blame the government, our government, for for, for not doing enough. Mm. Twenty years into our democracy, mm. they haven't done nearly enough. With, these languages, indigenous language, languages, should be learnt at school, compulsory. They haven't done enough. Now, if you phone a government department like SARS. The first message you get on on on, on, on the line is we are un, we are we are only able to to, to converse with you in English. Mm. Now, mm. what kind of an example is that from our government? But anyway, um. thank goodness for people like Mariki, and if there were more people like her, what? It's already a wonderful country, mm. but how much better it would be. Congratulations to you, Maveki. Thank, thank you, you very much.
1: Thank you. Bye. And thank you, Eddie. And Eddie, don't forget, you are never too old to mm. learn. So oh, yes. I- I- there's still time. For as long as you're breathing, there's still time to learn. Now, I want to run through a few more of the messages coming through. Stay in KZN says, Sakina, thank you for bringing her true daughter of the soil like Johnny Clegg. These are the people who can tell the world how friendly Africans really are. Beggy in Mpangeni says, uh, Me too. I've been thinking... Thinking that she's albino. Now, here's some learning for you and I to do. <laughs> Mangaliso Ngobo corrected me earlier and he said it is people with albinism. So, but at least, um, you know, you were thinking along mm, the same lines mm. that I was. And Beggy says uh, your fluency in Zulu. I mean, he's just astounded by that. Uh Nokawe in Peter Maritzburg says thanks for this uh, young lady, Mariki Bothma. The questions on who this lady we have observed on SABC1 have now finally Mm -hmm. been answered. Maureen Kruger in Port St. John says I totally disagree. Whites in my experience who speak in the vernacular enjoy the camaraderie, respect and the enjoyment of Mm. each other. And and, and I think um, Mm. you're not actually disagreeing because that's what Mariki was saying. Mm. It just makes it's so much easier. You're right, Maureen, Mm. to speak to someone in a language that they understand and you you are totally spot on about the camaraderie Mm. because it just... It it, it, it it warms you more to the people whom you interact mm, with
2: and and not just that i mean uh, as i said my family all of them speak isiZulu and uh, sometimes uh, my sister will whatsapp me in isiZulu if she doesn't want her husband to know what she's saying or she'll phone me and we'll start talking in german or in Zulu you know because um We grew up like that. We did not know about apartheid. And it was in the years of apartheid. I mean, if you talk to my sister Renelle or Anita or my brother Eddie, um, we actually had my mom's 70th in January, in September, and we surprised her for the first time since 98. We as the four youngest kids sang for her, Nesizulu, uh, which is how we grew up. And, you know, I think it's so important, even if you just know how to greet, Learn mm. that language learn it because just if you greet someone, you grasp their heart, you grasp that love, the warmth of being accepted by them um.
1: Here, a few more. This one from Mtoko um, in Kronstadt, in Koksstadt rather, says, Wow, I'm inspired, Sakina. I actually thought that somebody did voiceovers <laughs> for her in the SABC Generations ad. And Fonya KG says, I'm really inspired by your guest this morning. And it seems you've inspired a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But I-, I want to come back to the question of, your education, as mm. you said, you left school in at five and which would now be grade seven. Yes. Tulani Ngubane also has a question on that and says, how then did you move from that uh, to where you are right now? How did you get into television, for example?
2: You know, I'm very happy I asked that question because um, I think it's very important uh, for me to be honest and to encourage other people. You know, I believe that God created every human being with a talent. I get young people coming to me and saying, you know what, I want to be a TV actress. Then I tell them, you know, okay, fine. But then I train them in modeling, acting, singing, dancing, poetry, comedy, everything. And then they come to me and they're like, you know what, I'm actually such a good dancer. This is what I'm good at. And that's what I did. I used what God had given me, which is my language skills, which is my personality, which is also every opportunity that people gave me. When someone said to me, do you know what? I want to give you an opportunity. I think you'll be good at this. Even if I knew I'm not good at that, I would give it a shot because that's I knew that one day these things will be able to come in handy, and it got to a point where I actually took a chance in life and that's the big thing. I took a chance by auditioning for I want to sing gospel in two thousand and eight. Can you sing I can sing please sing something for us, please <laughs> <Just clears throat> something short um okay, um, my favorite song. Of course, uh, uh gospel of course, um mourn to the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh Rebecca Malope of course and when she goes when uh she sings that song of um Hamangani Mami Bengi Chella Betimina Suam Wingosi Yam Ba Baba Bacole Zilem van Gekasi Yeah. Wow uh, Just a small snippet There's no end to your <laughs> talents Maria. So yeah I think um, because growing up singing in church it um, I always wanted to be a singer Because I thought that's the only thing I can do without high school And someone noticed me there And he was like You know what I'd like you to come and act and that's how I got into the entertainment industry. And from there, it was on and off, but then it bloomed because I always believed. And that's one thing everyone who knows me will tell you. If Mariki puts her mind at something, she always believes, no matter what obstacles she will reach to get there, but she will always believe that one day something good will come out of it. And even if it takes 10 or 20 years, I'll wait for that one day until it gets there. Dogozo Kanyile
1: says, would I sound like a groupie if I came and said hi to you and Mariki in my bad Isisulu? Not at all. No. Please come. We are here. No. Feel free, anyone who wants to come and say hi. Let's go back to the lines, 891 George, good morning. Good morning, Sakina.
0: Hi, George. Good morning. Can you hear me? We can hear you clearly. Yeah, good morning, Mariki. Good
2: morning, sir.
0: I'm so privileged to be your Facebook friend, eh? Yes. <laughs> you accepted me and, and I'm privileged to be that. Uh, just uh, on a personal note, uh, how's your hobby?
2: He's doing w- w- much better. Thank you very much for asking. Is much he out, better. Is
0: he out of hospital?
2: Yes, thank you. Okay,
0: that's good. Eh? So the prayers helped, eh?
2: Oh,
1: definitely. We
2: all, we all prayed for him. Thank for you, you very yeah. much.
1: Okay, but, George, hold on. Uh, okay. You've just uh, taken this uh, further than where we had gone. And uh, just by way of background, for those who may not be familiar with the story, mm-hmm. um, Mariki's husband uh, fell ill. He ha- mm-hmm. unfortunately suffered a heart attack. But she tells me this morning that he is doing well I know, at the he's moment. Doing
2: much better. Thank you yeah. very much for asking.
1: Okay, George, you may continue now.
2: Oh, we lost
1: George. Sorry, George. Apologies for that. It wasn't us. R- believe me, it <laughs> yeah. wasn't me. Anonymous. Good morning.
4: Good morning. Hello. Um, hi. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hi. Um. I started listening to the program and your guest was talking about the time that she had spent at um, Kwasizabantu Mission. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the privilege of living there for a few years. I didn't go to the school or anything like that, but I helped out at um, at the mission itself. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just a little bit hurt by the way that um, she has floundered um, the mission because I think Mariki needs to realize that... Um, the reason why she has the talents that she has the 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 languages that she has is because of her upbringing at the mission.
1: She actually did say that anonymous.
4: Okay, it must have been before I started listening. Mm. Um I'm glad that she acknowledges that. No, she
1: absolutely did.
4: I'd also just like to say that um the place is is an absolutely amazing place. Um it is almost as though one steps off the planet and um, it's it's The relations between people is absolutely beautiful. Um, It teaches one very high moral standards in life. And I can understand why the children of the missionaries or people who were called there to dedicate their lives to mission work um, rebel from rebel. Um, I think it's because many of them don't understand the calling that their parents actually received Mm -hmm. and the work that their parents actually do. And for that reason, uh, a lot of them tend to rebel. And uh, one can understand it, because your parents' calling is not necessarily your calling. Yeah. But leave, leave if you're not happy with the standard of living, but don't slander the place. Because of the work that it does, uh, the work that it, it accomplishes, I've seen many, many lives change. Mm. I've seen miraculous works happen at that place, and not only myself, but um uh, people older than me who i've known for a long time uh, can account of things that they've witnessed of lives being changed anonymous and i don't think we should discount that in any way
1: and 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 i think we were very mm. clear throughout mm. Mm. that you know this is mariki's experience of the school yes. and it, by no means does it mean that it is representative of mm, everybody's mm. experience of it. And which is why we said this is by no means an attempt to slander the school. Yes. And we even said that we would give right of reply to the school mm. if the school, uh, you know, wanted to come on and give their side of the story. So, but I don't want us to make it about that. Yeah, no, know. but
2: thank you in but, any case. Thank but you. But thanks for in cool. any
1: case for uh, coming mm. through this morning, Anonymous. And as I said earlier, giving the other side of the story. Speaking to Mariki Bothma this morning, and uh, we're going to take a few more calls. I want to run through a few more messages as well. Let's just take a look here. Uh, This one here, let's go to the Facebook messages. Splash says, She speaks a better Zulu than most ignorant blacks. Okay. Tigelelo's uh, contribution this morning but why is it special though how many black South Africans Mm. are speaking different languages don't get me wrong it's good that a white girl can Mm. speak Isisulu but for me to get all this attention and and, and of course that school of thought you know Mm. will also prevail out there Mm. Um, then there's another one here from Vusmuzi who says uh, I really love that woman She's so amazing. Give her a big hug from me. And I'm not stealing her line because that's her (laughs) tagline. I'm not saying it because I might feel inadequate. If anyone is going to say the tagline, it's going to be Mariki. And then um, Mashabela says her story is shocking but inspiring in a way that she could open up. I wish that she can write a book And many people are saying Mm. you must write a book Mm. Um, This friend from Mzwandile Majola says "Uh, Thanks so much, what a wonderful life story Uh, Tombella says Great, lucky popo She reminds me of Camilla Walker Springbok's assistant coach who used to work uh, With Davilius Now there's a name, a blast from the past Mm. And uh, then a few more Kama says, can you please ask her To pronounce my name Okay, let me see Damani? Kamane Kama There you go <laughs> So she's just pronounced your name Benson Mpangwana says She's an example to many within The Africana community And Luzugo says um, You are a true African woman And you are a good role model But you must try to write a book about Your life and and many people Echoing that particular mm. sentiment Now here's some of the Twitter messages Deb Zamashiko says Ooh, I've been dying to hear Mariki's life story. Thanks, Sakina, for putting her in the spotlight. And uh What? I I need to read that. I need to decipher that, Debsa. I'll come back to it. The (laughs) Conqueror says, what a story. When I first saw her, I thought she was miming on that ad, but I'm inspired, though. Mm -hmm. Impossible is possible. That's Mm -hmm. the hashtag. And Tiro Makudu says, I am Tswana and not as fluent in Zulu. Mariki puts me, and I know many others, um, yours truly, to shame as well. I love this country. Mm-hmm. Devza, I've read, uh, D&G says, uh, Mariki is so fluent uh, to such a point that her English sounds like the ANC English.
2: <laughs> First time I've heard that though. I usually get it uh, that my Afrikaans has an accent, but my English, I don't go see. ANC English. That's dear Sianda says, I thought her mother was Zulu, you? <laughs> if my mother was Zulu, then uh, that would make me Ikalati and I am white, believe me, I am white. <laughs> Zoli Swansidia says, I missed the intro. You
1: need to take a photograph of her. can't believe she sounds so black <laughs> Wow and then um z one says, Wow, I just love this Friday and Please say your tagline again. This uh, tagline trend. is gonna trend.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, this one from Spusiso Shabangu uh, that says, uh, Wow, Mariki is one of my favorite South Africans. I love positive people, King mm-hmm. Pie and Uzopega Minangetwa, and uh, yes. Forum at Eight. All of those hashtags, we love it too. Prince says. That lady is an inspiration to me personally. I'm passionate about learning different languages. Mm. And there are so many more of these messages coming through. Picture is up on Facebook. We'll take a few more and we'll tweet them. Mm. But, of course, you know, Mariki, as we're sitting here today, 2014, South Africa, and you have really overcome so many odds to be where you are today. Mm. You know, what message of inspiration would you like to leave South Africa with.
2: You know what I'd like to say to all South Africans, no matter what race, no matter what colour of your skin you are, no matter what language... I think we must stop blaming our past for our present. Stop blaming our past for our future. And we cannot blame... We use uh, simple excuses of, you know what, I don't have money at home, or my parents died, or this or that. So what, you're not the only one. Use the talents God gave you to make and create a future for yourself. kokasi And you feeling, uh, you know what, I'm sitting at home, I have no qualifications... Maybe you can dance. Get a group of friends. Go Start a dance group. Invite people for five rand to come and watch your dance show. That's how you create a future for yourself. So I'm encouraging everyone out there. Let's stop blaming our past. Let's stop blaming our degrees or our non-degrees. Let us take the talent God gave within us. And Mariki did not get where she is because of just the language, but because of the personality and because of the willingness to learn. If someone tells you good at something, grab that opportunity with both hands and never say you can't because God made us all human beings. And if he says we can, we can. So no one can tell you you can't do this. Only you can make that success for yourself. So that's my word of message out there. And a little praise singing for someone. <coughs> oh. Africa. Just wow. something. Um, okay, this is for my mom because um, we've gone through a lot with my mom. And this is my mom's favorite song, uh, which is actually Psalm 1. And um, uh, it goes like, uh, <laughs> "You." I'm thinking, should I sing that one or which one? Okay, I'm going to sing this one. Um, I'm going to sing a love song. Let me end it with a love song. Mm. Let's bring some love. Why not? Oh, Ringo. My Ringo's. Thank you, South Africa. Love you guys.
1: Wow. And that's where we have to leave it this morning. Um, Mariki Bothma, absolutely (coughs) fantastic. Thanks so much for coming through and your time this morning. And as always, also to all of you for your fantastic Mm. participation. Glad you were inspired. I certainly was too. And uh, to Vabakshni Chetty and Jeff Miller, all the best for tomorrow as uh, they actually are getting married out in Stellenbosch. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I'll be making my way to Cape Town later today to... Go and help celebrate. Everybody needs help celebrating. To the production team, thanks for making sure it went out loud and clear. And to everybody else, have a fantastic weekend as well. It's nine o'clock and it's time for news with Zikona Miso.